0: Blog Talk Radio. Lila and Leo just came in He's here Say hello Leo hey, Good
1: evening yep. I have to disconnect a few things here.
0: He just disconnected <laughs> something And and tonight is our union show So uh, we'll be doing some union news And um, yeah this is our first night on this week Last night we we canceled our show We lost our dog. Yeah, Yeah, it's not funny, it's sad, but we we decided not to do last night's show. uh... So we'll be having union views, but we'll be mixing in some um, other kinds of news, too. And here's something that we wanted to talk about right now. There's a showdown at the polls. I'm sure you're planning to vote, but maybe you know people who are on the fence who think elections in non-presidential years aren't that important. Not true. Here are 11 great reasons you can share with them to get them to the polls. Let's see what those are. Let's Let's put this right here. Talking in this, so let me go to the list of things to read. It was a little oh. audio piece, but oh, that they, d- they didn't have any, any reason. I thought they did. Yeah, they did, uh, but they, they weren't saying them. They were just. So here. Eleven Great Reasons to Vote originally appeared on, um, on Mom's Rising blog. We're just a few weeks away from an incredibly important election. The votes people cast November 4th will shape our future and our children. I'm sure you're planning to vote, but maybe you know people who are on the fence. We think elections in non-presidential years are just as important. Number 11, here are 11 reasons to vote. Bad politicians aren't just elected by people who vote for them. They're also elected by people who don't vote at all. Don't help elect politicians who work against your interests. Number ten, you can elect. Your vote will help win. Finally, equal pay for equal work. That's important to women. Get out there and vote. It's time to enact earned sick day laws and paid family leave. Don't you think? I think that's important. I think that's important for everybody. I remember when um I was an hourly worker and there were some sick people in my family, I couldn't stay home, I had to work.
2: Because I didn't if I didn't
0: get go into work I didn't get paid. Healthcare is your right. You and your doctor should make decisions about your body, not some politician. I firmly believe that. Choosing to join a union to improve your job is your right, too. Cast your vote to protect that right. Number five, all over the country, politicians have been slashing public education budgets, increasing class sizes, and forcing our children to do without education basics. At the federal level, some have blocked relief from the crushing burden of student debt. We can do better than that. Number four, tired of gridlock? Crumbling bridges, unsafe roads, elect leaders who will invest in our public infrastructure, including transportation and safe water systems. These investments save lives and create jobs, too. Number three, in 29 states and at the national level, there are no laws barring job discrimination against lesbian, gays, Uh, Buys and transgender workers. Let's change that. Number two, possible trade deals would allow giant global corporations using secret courts to challenge our laws protecting the environment. Our rights as workers and food safety. So they're going to challenge the environmental laws, our rights as workers, and our food safety laws. In secret courts, let's vote for fair trade that keeps us safe and healthy. And number one, go to the polls and proudly, proudly vote for candidates who will make the economy work for working families like ours, not just the rich CEOs and campaign donors. I bet you have other reasons we should all vote this this year. Let me know what you think. So go if you have reasons, Go to Mom's Rising blog and add a comment in the comment section. So I think those are good reasons to to vote. Yeah, me too. You want to pick a candidate that represents your interests, not the interests of CEOs and corporations. Okay. What do you
1: have there, Leo? Um, actually, just hang on a second. I've got a um, thinking. If we want to. Oh, um, uh, sporting unions, you know. But it says we're not living in a democracy when 60% of Americans are not voting. While well, billionaires like the Koch brothers are spending hundreds of millions to, of dollars to buy the United States Senate. That's called oligarchy, not democracy. That's from Bernie Sanders. And he's an independent from Vermont. Yeah. Yeah, he's an independent senator. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, Union made Halloween candy shopping list. Uh, it's from Ask Me Union. Uh, I have uh, Baby Ruth. Those are
2: bars. Baby Ruth
1: yeah, Baby bars. Baby Ruth Butterfingers. These are all stuff that you put in your kids' stuff. Baby Ruth uh,
0: Butterfingers. Carmelo. Uh, yeah. Clark uh, Bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, G.R. chocolate. Those are Jelly Belly chocolates, Halloweencandy.com, Hershey's Hug, Jelly Belly, and Laffy Taffy and Smarties. Yeah, those, are all, those are all Union made uh, candies. Ooh, they uh, sound like all those.
1: Yeah, so support your candy makers, but support support those. You know, and all make it Union. Another thing: paying Mexican uh, Mexico is paying illegals. In U.S. to avoid deportation,
0: so they don't but want them back. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, I know that Ameri- I know the unions are supporting Mexicans and all like and legal immigration
0: and stuff. But let's but think about like, this. But this is not really something that really kind of helping. Kind of, okay, helping citizens to apply for state. according to a report from National Public Radio, the Mexican Mexican government through its 50 consulates around the U.S has been helping to fund low-income illegal immigrants to apply for President Obama's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, or DACA, which shields illegal immigrants from deportation and allows them to work in the U.S. NPR report details the story of Tanya Guzman, an illegal immigrant, who said the cost of applying to DACA worried her, but she was able to afford it after a pro bono lawyer from public counsel told her she could access financial help from the Mexican consulate in Los Angeles,
1: yeah, so Mexico's paying for illegal aliens to 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 get uh to get American citizenship you know. I'm not or, sure I like that no it's, uh, and it's wrong it's one it's their way of getting rid of people you know cheaper for them to do that. Sure. And they love it because Mexicans send all their money, send a lot of their money back to uh,
0: Mexico. They're not Mexico. investing it here no. in this
1: country. No, they send it to their families in Mexico.
0: Oh, you ended up with an ad. Okay. okay. I can't help you with that. All right. Wait a there we go. There right, we go. Wait a minute. Wait a
1: minute. You know what I hate more than anything at these big conservative mm-hmm. papers that have these damn million freaking ads that pop oh, up Okay. It, right? Huffington Post is just as bad. It says here, according to a report from National Public Radio, well, we just read that, uh, they, uh, NPR, okay. Mexico paid for all of Goodman's <laughs> attorney fees and application fees <laughs> <piece> according <laughs> to NPR. Of well, course, the the don't don't It's a problem. Can't get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Ah, no, I hate these I things with passion, like you can't believe. It, it is nothing worse than pop I mean, video well, up videos, pop up ads. I'd rather not I will All right, our main objective is the well-being of our nationals, wherever they are, said one of these Mexican guys. Uh, he said, so what we want for them is that they are successfully and really continue contributing to this country, the U.S., she told NPR. Exclusia added to NPR that the heated political debate surrounding the program is an issue for the U.S. to deal with. We are not entering into political debate about DACA, we, said, he said. It's one option that is available to our nationals, and, it's they, and if they choose to apply for it, we are certainly happy to help them. And while the practice may seem inappropriate, it is not illegal. As NPR reports, the U.S. citizenship and immigration service official said it has no way of knowing where any fees might be originated. I don't know what. That
0: Why I mean. is the labor
1: movement involved in Ferguson? I mean, tell you, I mean, it tells you what kind Let's of a mess this this immigration.
0: see what i have to
2: come up. It's Uh I gotta tell you it's great to be here in St. Louis and I'm grateful to be here at such a critical time, uh, for Missouri, for our nation, uh, and for our labor movement. Now, funny. this hall is filled with leaders <laughs> a little who have done so very, very much to protect working people. I mean all working people in Missouri. Uh, you've built strength through unity, across industries and across crafts, across the length and the breadth uh, of this great state. And this is the hard one in America in 2014. you build it across party lines. Now, As a labor movement, I don't have to tell you that we face, once again, concerted attacks by those who have enormous, enormous wealth. Far-right trying to divide us in many ways, but here in America the power and the dignity of working people will always win as long as we stay united. Now, I'm going to stray from my usual convention speech, And I'm going to talk about something that may be difficult and maybe even uncomfortable. But I believe what I'm going to say absolutely needs to be said. See, the question of unity brings up a a hard subject, a subject that all of us know about. But quite frankly, few want to acknowledge, and that's race talking about race in America and about what that means for our communities, what it means for our movement, and what it means for our nation. Because the reality is that while a young man named Michael Brown died just a, a short distance from us in Ferguson from gunshot wounds from a police officer, other young men of color, have died, and will die in similar circumstances in communities all across this country. You see, it happened here, but it could have happened and does happen everywhere in America because the reality is we still have racism in America. Now, Some people might ask me why our labor movement should be involved uh, in all that's happened since the tragic death of Michael Brown and Ferguson. And I want to answer that question directly. How can we not be involved? See, union members' lives have been profoundly damaged in ways that can't be fixed. Leslie McSpadden, Michael Brown's mother, who works in a grocery store, is our sister and an AFL-CIO union member. And Darren Wilson, the officer who killed Michael Brown, is a union member, too, and he's our brother. You see, our brother killed our sister's son. And we don't have to wait for the judgment of prosecutors or courts to tell us how terrible that very thing is. So I say again, how can we not be involved? See, this tragedy and all the complexities of race and racism are a big, big part of our very big family. And they always have been. See, a union's like a home. And in any home, good things and bad things happen. And we have to deal with all of them, honestly. But that's a philosophy. No, and we can't that's a, a long speech. Uh, we have speech. to look at real life today. We can't wash our hands uh, of the issues.
0: It's a very long speech, and it's a very good one and we did play a little piece of it before, and I played a little piece again today, because I think it's important. There is strength in numbers in union. What we have in common is we, despite our differences in color or religion or background, is we all want better lives for ourselves and for our family, and unless we stick together, we won't have them. So it's very, very important that we do stick together, whether it's the police officer on the beat, whether it's the person in the grocery store, regardless of color or circumstance, we do need we do need to fight for the middle class way of life, or it will be gone. The, um, and I don't do think, I we think, think we should be divided. And we need to support, you know. Racial injustice. Because it's still happening. And we can't let that break up our unions.
1: That's true. Uh, Politicians should be making it easier to vote, not
0: harder. Yeah, well,
1: that's true. This is from ACLU.
0: I agree with Um, that.
1: This is from, um, actually, Louis Black, the comedian, but... um, a, a, a real good one open letter it says um, actually I didn't go through it but it says people marched and Fox died for the right to vote and politicians want to legislate a way to sacrifice not on my watch baby he says mm-hmm. let's read what, what his uh, open letter actually says
0: <laughs> yeah. he gave the finger in that yeah, picture
1: <laughs> think, you know, okay. let's see what he says Uh um, Elected officials should get to choose who gets sorry.
0: elected officials shouldn't get to choose who gets to choose elected officials. Right. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Black says,
1: uh, fuck, bo- 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 voter suppression. Yeah, that's
0: a little there, okay? People Lewis, marched,
1: Lewis Black, for
0: those of you don't know, is a comedian. People marched and fought and died for the right to vote. And politicians want to legislate away that sacrifice. Well, oh, I think he's right.
1: I have to agree with Well, to... see, you don't. Know, that's true. But a friend of mine, Charles Wright, said, I'm sorry, but requiring someone to prove who they are, like who they are,
2: like any other
1: everyday activity, is not voter suppression. He's right. I don't think that putting you know this is see this this, this is all different shares from, uh-huh. from this guy, again. but what Ray this guy Charles Ray says and I agree with him, all right is that putting voter ID, okay, I mean a, a driver's license or anything is not voter suppression. It's just it's just a constitutional thing. Are you a real voter or are you an illegal alien? You know what I mean. To me, to well, to my, me that,
0: that's okay. just absolutely all right all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, What I would, what I would, what I would like are. to see is every state have the same well, requirements, yeah, requirements. Yeah, but
1: every state should have voter ID.
0: Well, they have to have some kind of ID. It doesn't have to be a driver's license because not everybody. They have to
1: prove who they are, though. Well, they
0: have to bring something birth
1: certificate, whatever, uh, you know, citizenship what, thing, what, but that's whatever, when whatever you, they are.
0: that's when you go and register to vote. No, exactly. but they
1: should be registered voters. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is they don't have to show it. They just go in and vote, okay? And all, that, all
0: these people are saying is that, you know, all these states are saying is prove who you are. No, it's a little more complicated than that. We don't live in one of those states that's trying to uh, prevent we people. We require...
1: Voter, right? We require I
0: IDs at
1: the voting station. I don't right? know
0: what those states require. I, I don't, don't.
1: What they require is the same thing. I mean, right? That's not true. That's it not, is true. they're, no, they're requiring not. that you have a photo ID of who you are. What the hell's wrong with that? Nothing is wrong with that. All right. But the problem is, is you have all of these people that want to. Uh especially Democrats. I blame Democrats mostly because they're the ones who pad the polls. You know what I mean? They're the ones that push all the Latinos and the
0: uh, Well you don't have that, to worry because the Republicans fix the voting they fix machines. The election. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like you know, we don't
1: have any What's fair is fair, I guess, you know? Voting machines. Voting machines, yeah, right. You know.
0: So don't forget that <laughs> I'm not sure what they require in other states. I only know what they require in our state. And I don't think it's unfair what they require in our state. You have to register. You have so much time to register. And then when you go in, you have to produce some kind of photo ID. I don't know whether it has to be a driver's license. That happens to be mine. But somebody else who maybe doesn't drive maybe has some kind of photo ID that they have.
1: Whatever.
0: I don't care what they got. You know, it could be uh a... you know. Could anything. be a student ID.
1: It could be a student ID, but they have to have an ID, you know, to show who the hell they
0: that are that they are that person. It's not that bad an idea. I mean
1: it just makes sense. You know? I mean I don't, I don't understand that but we have to have an ID when we vote.
0: I don't know what other states require. I don't them. care. Well I only right, know I saying, only know say, what our state so requires why and nobody they, is criticizing our state.
1: Well yeah, sure. They're criticizing but they can't get away with it. All right? They can't get away with criticizing our state because they just say, "Hey, you know, we want to know who you are."
0: What the hell's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. But I don't know what happens in Mississippi and the, some of the states that are being criticized, so I can't. I really can't comment on it because I don't know. That'd be interesting to talk about. Um, Trumpka says we need to replace mass incarceration with mass employment. I agree with that. AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka spoke in Los Angeles today in support of the YES on 47 campaign. That's Proposition 47, which will be on their ballot in November, which would reduce the classification of some low-level nonviolent crimes from felonies to misdemeanors. The crimes addressed by the proposal include things like minor drug possession and petty theft. Organized labor is a strong supporter of the proposition, as noted in Trump's speech at Homeboy Interest Industries. Let's see what what the rest of this is. And this is what he says, um uh, as a nation under the guise of public safety. billions, making our country less safe by forcing millions of people of color into a permanent criminal class. We have selectively locked people up, sealed people out, and shut entire communities down. Working families have taken up the challenge. At the AFL-CIO here in Los Angeles a year ago, I put the question to my brothers and sisters across America's labor movement. Would we stand together to build a popular movement to, our, to reform our criminal justice systems? Our goal would be simple: to advocate for and win a system less criminal and more just. When I when I what I heard was a resounding yes. We are committed to do something about it, and that's what brings me to why we are here. Trumka reminded the audience of these painful facts. Today, one third of black men in America will serve time in a state or federal prison at some point in their lifetime. That's twice the rate from the 70s and over five times higher than from white men, even though long-term federal studies show us that black men and white men commit crimes at roughly the same rate. People of color are suspected more, arrested more, charged more, convicted more, and imprisoned longer And that ugly fact has helped America earn the terrible title of the most imprisoned of any developed country. We've sentenced people to prison at between 5 and 10 times the rate of any other advanced nation. The more you look at the numbers, the worse it gets. Let me make this point emphatically. This is not a result of higher crime rates. This is because of lengthy mandatory minimums for drug offenses and three-strikes laws that put people away for life. For life and for all its bluster, guess what? Mass incarceration has not even reduced crime. But it has been hell on families, especially children, almost seven times as many kids had dads in prison in 2000 as in 1980. As you can imagine, a prison-at-all-cost mentality runs up quite a price tag. Can you believe $80 billion a year? It's true, and the number is four times higher when you count police, judicial, and legal services. The root of the problem isn't an easy one to address. Racial profiling is the heart of this epidemic injustice. Sometimes it seems we wrestle constantly with an impulse to discriminate and keep down our poor communities and our brown and black communities. Maybe we didn't realize it while it was happening. Maybe some of us chose not to realize it. But now, through the courageous work of many in this room, this is what Trumpfer is saying. California and the rest of America are beginning to wake up to the crime of mass incarceration. Waking up means understanding that this is an American issue, not an isolated race issue. We pay for it with our taxes by incarcerating instead of educating and employing. We pay for it when we lock people out of good jobs and housing, and we pay for it when we turn our backs on our brothers and sisters. The theme of this event is mass employment, not mass incarceration, because we need to put America back to work. That's how families thrive. That's how our communities prosper, and that's how we can rebuild the country. We said that the American criminal justice system today spends too much on punishment and not enough to help people to change. We said we believe that people should be able to come out of jail or prison and get another chance to contribute to our society. We oppose mandatory sentences for nonviolent crimes, and we want to end the unnecessary and indiscriminate privatization of correctional facilities. We support restorative justice, things like job training, education, probation, and parole, programs that help people reintegrate into our communities. We support treating illegal drug use as a public health issue, and we support fully restoring all the rights of American citizenship for those who have served their time. Of course, that includes the right to vote and the right to serve on a jury, but also public aid for education, housing, and employment assistance. He also responded to those that asked why labor is involved in the issue of mass incarceration. It is a labor issue because people who have served their time find themselves locked out of the job market by employers who screen applicants for felony convictions. It is a labor issue because families and entire communities crumble when able-bodied men and women come home and aren't allowed to work. It's a labor issue because millions of people have been barred from the polling booth and permanently excluded from our democracy unable to advocate for good jobs and safe jobs and other working family priorities. It's a labor issue because we are police officers and correction officers, and too many of us in both the public and private sector step into unsafe working conditions on the job. Think about tensions in prisons and on the streets caused by mandatory sentencing laws and prison overcrowding. It is a labor issue because some companies exploit the public sphere of crime to pack prisons for a profit. And finally, it's a labor issue because labor rights and social justice and civil rights are intertwined. In America, 99% of us have to work for a living. We work together. We live side by side. We share the same community. We share so much, so we know that when we find injustice, we must call it out for what it is and fight to make it right. I believe a majority of Americans, given the facts, will come to the same conclusion we have that our criminal justice system in America is broken and needs to be fixed. You you see, I think almost all of us want to do something, only that we don't know where to start or what to do. Proposition 47 is a great place to start, and campaigning for it is something we can all do. When you pass Prop 47, our entire nation will be forced to reexamine what we thought we knew about criminal justice. Good for uh, Richard Trumka. That's an excellent speech. I hope you'll pay attention to that. Okay. Well, things are not good in Obama land. Well, things are worse. But, you know... Well they made some they made some
1: bad calls on this Ebola problem, so oh, that's yeah. why. Oh yeah, they're still making
0: a bad call. But the thing that bothers me the most folks, and I
1: wanted to read this tonight, is uh probably what we're, what we haven't been told about the Ebola virus and how and how we lied, lied, lied and lied and lied and lied and lied to like crazy over this thing. And I wanna read something that came up today and it scared the hell out of me. It
0: says this is from natural news dot com. So we're switching gears a little bit. We're yeah. going now to more public interest stories. Yeah, going to the health
1: and environment which we cover uh on this program. Um the big five biggest lies about Ebola being pushed by government and mass media. Mm. All that you can get this uh discord at naturalnews.com. dot com. All the disinformation being spread about Ebola by the U.S. government and the complicit mass media will unfortunately make the Ebola pandemic far worse. That's because the public isn't being told the truth about how Ebola spreads and how individuals can help prevent transmission of the disease. At every level of media and government, protecting the financial interests of drug companies appears to be far more important. They're protecting the public health. They're protecting health. the public health. So people aren't told the truth about how Ebola spreads and how they can increase their ability to survive a global epidemic. Here are five of the biggest lies being spread about Ebola right now. Once you review the lies, all right, learn the truth at biodefense.com. Number one, the lie, Ebola would
0: never come to the United States, they said.
1: This lie was shattered just this week when the C D C confirmed Ebola in a hospital patient in Dallas, Texas. Not only has Ebola already spread to America, but a top scientist who used to work for the FDA now says this is only the beginning and that Ebola will spread in America. Number two. Ebola is No Okay. It is printed in the extinction protocol. It says it uh, this is a quote. It appears several people were exposed before the individual was placed in isolation, and it is quite possible that one or more of his contacts will be infected. He added. What's more, he conceded that it's only a matter of time that the swift-killing African virus arrived in the United States. Now this is this was uh, I should check the date on this was October 1st. This was right. Okay. And that was 15 days ago. And this is pre- this this predicted what was happening of okay, what did happen with the, with the other people
0: getting infected. This is another lie. I think it's spread by oh, yeah. uh, over a short distance. Ebola is only spread via direct contact with body fluids. That's, that's not true. That's not true. This outrageous medical lie, may soon cost
1: the lives of millions of innocent people. In truth, Ebola can spread through the air over short distances via aerosols and airborne particles. Ebola can also spread via contaminated surfaces when... An infected patient makes contact with a surface such as a doorknob or ATM uh, keypad, they may leave behind the Ebola virus, which survives for many minutes or hours in the open, depending on environmental conditions. That's like temperature and humidity. Right. Another person who touches the same surface may then come instantly infected by simply touching their own eyes, nose, or mouth. The ability of Ebola to spread via contaminated surfaces is why victims in Africa have become infected by riding in taxi cabs. This also means any form of public transportation, airplanes, ambulances, subways may harbor the virus and accelerate the spread of an outbreak. Like all viruses, Ebola is destroyed by sunlight, but it can remain viable for a surprisingly long time in environments where sunlight never reaches, such as underground subways, which are the perfect breeding grounds for viral transmission. And also, I'm going to read another article uh, about uh, that happened uh, recently on an airplane. Lie number
0: uh, three, don't worry. Health authorities have everything under control. Well, we know that's <laughs> uh, bull trap.
1: The overarching lie about Ebola that's being repeated by the U.S. government is, don't worry, we have it under control. Of course, the fact that an infected Ebola victim just flew right into the country and Ebola then walked around the city of Dallas for 10 days while carrying Ebola, utterly belies the false promises of health authorities who claim to have things under control. In truth, Ebola is completely out of control, which is precisely why its sudden appearance in a Dallas hospital surprised nearly everyone. The sobering fact of the matter is that despite all the money being spent on homeland security, DHS has no way to stop Ebola from walking right into the USA, including on foot, from our wide-open southern border. In the U.S. government, if the U.S. government has everything under control, then why did the government just purchase 160,000 Ebola hazmat suits? Why did Obama just recently sign an executive order authorizing the forced government quarantine of anyone showing symptoms of infectious disease? Well, the public can be easily lied to and told everything is under control behind closed doors at the at the highest level of government, everybody knows this
0: pandemic can rapidly become a
2: global
1: killer
0: that no one can stop. Line number four, the only defense against Ebola is a vaccine or a pharmaceutical drug.
1: This lie may
0: get millions of people killed if Ebola outbreak well, gets worse.
1: In a desperate bid to make sure Ebola generates billions of dollars in profits for vaccine makers and the pharmaceutical companies, the CDC, the FDA, and even the FTC, Uh, routinely censor truthful information about natural treatments that might hold promise, such as uh, colloidal silver. Uh, Companies that offer extremely beneficial essential oils and colloidal silver products have already been threatened with criminal arrest and prosecution by the FDA. The mainstream media remains complicit in the systemic opposition of natural cures, uh, printing the FDA's propaganda, while completely avoiding any balancing report that might highlight the extraordinary antiviral capabilities of many medicinal herbs, as I've described in Episode 6 of
0: Pandemic Preparedness. If we really want to stop the spread of this viral pandemic right now, both government and the media should be urging citizens to boost their immune defenses by consuming more nutritious foods, herbal spices, superfoods, and antiviral plants, which include peppermint, basil, rosemary, cinnamon, oregano, just to name a few. Everyone should be immediately urged to make sure they have sufficient vitamin D circulating in the blood. And those who have low vitamin D, which includes just about everyone in America today, should be urged to take vitamin D supplements. But instead of urging the public to enhance their immune function and boost their natural defenses against Ebola, everyone is ridiculously told, wash your hands, And wait around for a drug company to introduce an Ebola vaccine. Number five, lie Ebola came out of nowhere and was a random fluke of nature. The modern day version of Ebola that's so aggressively circulating today may actually be a bioengineered virus, according to one scientist who wrote a front page story in Liberia's largest newspaper. Ebola is a genetically modified organism, according to Dr. Cyril Broderick, professor of plant pathology, in a front-page story published in the Liberian Observer. He goes on to explain, uh, Horowitz confirmed the existence of an American military medical industry that conducts biological weapon tests under the guise of administering vaccinations to control diseases and improve the health of black Africans overseas. Further supporting this genetic engineering research uh, claimed the U.S. Uh, government and patent Ebola in 2010 and now claims international property ownership over all Ebola variants. That patent number is CA one five two three eighty one. the U.S. US government was. patented Ebola in 2010. Yeah,
1: now claims all of the rights to to this wonderful virus. Alright, read more about the patenting of Ebola and control over its research in the Natural News article. Alright, this means that the U.S. government claims all control over the research, too, because any research project involving replication of the virus would violate the government's patent. In fact, the vastly improved transmission ability of the Ebola strain currently circulating Compared to previous outbreaks in past years, as many people convinced this strain is a weaponized variant, which either broke through contaminant protocols at government labs or was intentionally deployed by a population control weapon. Oh, I think that's so true. Several U.S. scientists have openly called for global depopulation using genetically engineered bioweapons, such as Ebola. They're absolutely right. And Dr. Eric Pianca of the University of Texas. Austin reportedly advocated the use of Ebola to wipe out 90 percent of the human population, according to Lifestyle News. It appears he said may uh, it appears he may soon get his wish if the Ebola uh, explosion continues. The government population may be in serious jeopardy, and uh, the global population, rather, may be in serious jeopardy, and many millions could die. Well, okay, those who wish to live through a global pandemic learn how to get prepared now by listening to the audio chapters of biodefense.com. Go to biodefense.com. Well, let's go see what that has to say. Well, hang on a sec. i I'll liberate all these articles. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, oh, You can survive a Ebola pandemic. Preparedness free online how-to course. Jesus. I guess you know, it gets worse, folks. I mean I can testify that I've read it uh I I hope everybody goes and checks this out in Google Google, uh Global two thousand report. And it's a it's a it's a, it's a international document signed off by the, every president since Jimmy Carter, okay. Uh, to reduce the global population by two thirds before twenty fifty. All right. That is their plan and they're doing it through genetics, through war, genetics, yeah. Engineering, global uh war and uh and pandemics and uh, any other thing that they can possibly do. The weather is a weapon, you know, or whatever. But uh, this is pretty involved here. Uh, this is a free online course which I advise everybody to take. I'm gonna book one. It's so yeah. It says here, um, Chad's a favor to prepare a mind. Louis, Louis Pasteur. I don't know why it's 516. It's supposed to be down here. Yeah. Uh, introduction. I'm going to, do you want me to play this? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, see yeah, how long yeah, it is. You've 22 minutes.
0: Well, let's play so a little this,
1: bit. This, this, cause every section is about 20, 20 30 minutes.
0: Well, let's see what that has to say, yeah. the introduction. So, of, maybe people can decide. Yeah, example, people think. can decide whether they oh, want to. Right. I
1: definitely want to. Uh, yeah. let, me, let me tell you where this is again, naturalnews.com, okay? But you go to biodefense.com, okay? That's the biodefense.com, and that will give you all the episodes, Okay. By the health ranger Mike Adams uh, on how to prepare for a pandemic. Okay. And, uh, um,
0: let let's, let's,
1: no, let's go to the
0: introduction, introduction and see what they have to say. This, this would be good for all of us to hear. Oh, Welcome
3: to biodefense.com. And there's no easy way to say this, so I'll just lay it out for you. If you want to survive the coming pandemic, whether it's Ebola or something else, you need to educate yourself with precisely the kind of information you're going to learn here. I'm going to share with you a wealth of information in a multi-part audio series. It's free of charge, and it is presented for the intention of saving human lives, even as we all live in a global system of, uh, you almost might call it medical fascism, uh, government propaganda about medicine, about vaccines, about outbreaks. The mainstream media is not reporting the truth about this, and I'll give you specific examples. If you want to survive, you're going to have to go beyond just doing what you're ordered to do by the White House and CNN. Believe me, they they will not tell you the truth of how to survive uh, the next great pandemic. Now, I decided to launch this and record this information and give it out for free because of the severity of the Ebola outbreak that was taking place in uh, mid-September 2014. And my name is Mike Adams, the health ranger. I'm the editor and founder of naturalnews.com. I run an atomic spectrometry laboratory using ICPMS instrumentation. Um, I've invented and patented a couple of uh, nutritional supplements. I've written thousands of articles. I am an award-winning investigative journalist, and I'm known as a truth-teller and a whistleblower. I've been called the Ralph Nader of the natural health industry. I've been on Dr. Oz before, revealing toxic heavy metals in, in superfoods, things like that. And I'm really, really concerned that the health authorities, the CDC, the World Health Organization, the governments of the world, the pharmaceutical companies, vaccine manufacturers, and the mainstream media are all going to get a lot of people killed because they absolutely refuse to tell you the truth about what's going on with these outbreaks and what you can do to protect yourself against these outbreaks using things that are not produced or sold by mainstream medicine. And I want to explain this philosophy very clearly so you know where I'm coming from. And if you, if, if, if you are worshiping mainstream medicine, you love vaccines, you love going to the pharmacy and getting your pills, and taking your psychiatric drugs, then probably this is not the course for you. In an outbreak, you will die. And that's your choice, not my place to interfere with it. If you want to live, you need to learn. And that's what this course is designed to do, is to empower you with the information that you need to make informed decisions that can save your life. At the very least, I encourage you to listen to this, think about it critically and skeptically, find out what's true, determine what you agree with, and expand your choices. See, this is the key issue. The vaccine industry is in bed with the CDC, or probably better stated as the CDC is in bed with the vaccine industry. Modern medicine is dominated by vaccine interests. And because of that, modern medicine really only has one solution for every pandemic outbreak. That one solution is vaccines. And maybe a secondary solution of wash your hands if they don't have a vaccine. So this is what you'll notice with every outbreak that's taking place today. They are going to push a vaccine for it, and if they don't have a vaccine for it, then they don't know what to do. All they will recommend is wash your hands, isolate yourself if you show signs of infection, You know, hydrate yourself, drink some water. They will never, ever, ever talk about natural solutions. They won't talk about the antiviral herbs that are readily available. They won't talk about vitamin D, which activates the antiviral potential of your immune system. It's it's a blueprint built into your DNA that is activated by vitamin D. They won't talk about that. They absolutely will not talk about the use of ultraviolet light, the importance of sunlight exposure for people, especially those of darker skin color who tend to block sunlight because of their skin pigmentation. They absolutely will not discuss any solutions that could save lives other than vaccines, vaccines, and vaccines. And so in doing this in doing this, they are going to get people killed. And it is extremely irresponsible what the mainstream media is doing right now. Just pushing vaccines and not not talking about any other alternatives for boosting immune function, boosting your defenses, uh behavior modification that can that can help protect you against infection, all of these other things that you can bring in. Nutritional therapies that really, really work: vitamin C therapy, vitamin D therapy, zinc, selenium, trace minerals. Um, avoiding immunosuppressive toxic chemicals in personal care products, environmental materials in your in your house. Uh, all these other topics that I'm going to discuss here. Share these with you so that you can expand your spectrum of options. Because, let's face it, folks: if there is an outbreak of Ebola or something else in America or Canada or Hong Kong or New Zealand or Australia, wherever you happen to be, the hospital is the most dangerous place to go. Do you get that? The hospital is the most dangerous place to go. That is where they are going to concentrate the infected patients. And this is why the very first people who were killed by Ebola in Africa were the doctors. The Ebola doctors, they have died in huge numbers. The hospital beds are 100% occupied. There isn't a single hospital bed available in many West Africa countries right now, as I record this. People are driving around trying to find hospital beds to get treatment because they're symptomatic. The hospitals are full. Anybody who shows up in the hospital gets infected. you got to understand this. The, the, the dead bodies remain infectious for a very long period of time. So even someone trying to bury a dead loved one is at risk of getting infected by that dead body. Uh, this virus, Ebola, at the moment is spreading in taxi cabs because people are getting in and out of taxis trying to find transportation to get to a hospital. All the beds are full, but they're touching surfaces inside the taxi. They're leaving Ebola viral fragments all over the surfaces of the taxi. The next person gets in, touches the door, guess what? Boom, they're infected. All you got to do is touch a surface that's infected, and then touch your eye, or touch your nose, or the corner of your mouth, or touch a sandwich and eat the sandwich. Any orifice in your body that that has liquid, such as such as your eye or your nose or your mouth, a mucous membrane, that can be a route of infection. All you have to do is touch a surface. See, I don't I don't even think the mainstream media is explaining this very well. They say oh you have to get it from body fluids. That's nonsense, that's 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 an outright lie and a completely irresponsible lie. There are people catching Ebola right now who have no direct contact with infected patients. They're not sharing body fluids. They're merely touching surfaces that have been touched by Ebola victims. That's how it's spreading, that's why it's out of control. And you need to understand the truth about this. Now, there's one more thing that's really important to understand here in the introduction. The mainstream media will knowingly lie to you about infectious diseases. Proof of this is found in the recent confession by top CDC scientist, Dr. William Thompson. William Thompson has been with the CDC since, I believe, 1997 or 98. In the year 2002 through 2004, he, as he has now confessed publicly in a public statement, he confessed to conspiring with other CDC scientists to commit scientific fraud to cover up the truth about the links between MMR vaccines and autism, a 340% increase in autism in young African-American children. He has now admitted to this publicly. This is not debatable that he committed scientific fraud. He has admitted to it. He has even uh, sent a phone text to Dr. Andrew Wakefield to apologize for ruining Dr. Wakefield's career. Now, this confession is a matter of public record. We at Natural News have even published several letters that uh, this scientist, Dr. Thompson, wrote to the head of the CDC at the time, Dr. Julie Gerberding. She is now the head of one of Merck's international vaccine divisions. Yes, that's the old revolving door. If you you do the right thing at the CDC, you will be offered a job by the vaccine makers uh, after you get out of the CDC. Now, the mainstream media has completely censored this story. There is not a single mainstream media outlet that dares report this story. Not CNN, not Fox News, not MSNBC, not USA Today, Washington Post, New York Times, you name it. There isn't a single mainstream media outlet that will dare print this story, even though it is an admitted on-the-record confession from a top CDC scientist about a vaccine autism cover-up. Now, think about this for a moment. I want you to engage your critical thinking. If a top scientist admitted to fraud in the realm of, let's say, Chinese herbal medicine, don't you think that would be big news covered by all the newspapers? If a banker committed massive fraud, don't you think that that would be top news? If somebody in the natural health arena, let's say a naturopath, had been discovered to to, to have committed or confessed to committing fraud in scientific papers, don't you think that would be big news that would be covered by the mainstream media? Of course it would be.
1: Okay, I'm gonna end there. But um, I, it's important to go to this. Please go to this if you. That's important information, show. I think. BioDefense.com, and, and um, we've been a, uh, we've, we've been reading um, uh, a lot uh, of articles. Uh, no, and no, from, from Natural News for a long mm-hmm. time, and uh,
0: it's a very solid.
1: Yeah, uh, Mike Adams is uh, just kind of a he's that's the a the health ranger. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. been a trustworthy guy. A lot of he's brought up a lot of information a lot yeah. of people
2: so I want, I
1: want you to please go to this I have bookmarked it and again it's called um, this was the episode one and there's tw- about 20 episodes so they're all various uh, 20 30 minute long audio recordings so please go to that at com, and don't forget to go to naturalnews.com as well now I want to go back to uh, uh, I want to go back and read this before we leave tonight yeah, because basically what everything that this guy was saying is true. And um but here's a here's probably one of the most outrageous, outrageous things that happened today, uh in the last couple of days. And it was this frontier um uh carrier, a uh, plane carrier. Uh, it turns out that this is called the Ebola plane because it made five more flights before before they cleaned the damn thing. Healthcare worker Amber Joy Vinton, who was just uh, was just hospitalized um for uh, uh treating uh, for being treated for Ebola, uh reportedly knew she had low grade fever before she boarded the plane on October thirteenth from Cleveland, Ohio to Dallas, Texas, authorities said. And the plane she took continued to carry passengers to three states before it was cleaned. Vincent flew on Frontier Airlines flight 1143 Cleveland to Dallas. Where? The flight landed at 860. Okay. Well, according to uh, KTV, uh, that same plane was used for five more flights before it was removed from service Tuesday. Those flights include a flight to Cleveland, uh, Cleveland to Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood International Airport, uh, FLL to, uh, to, uh, to uh, Cleveland, Cleveland to Hatsfield, Jackson Atlanta Airport, and ATL to Atlanta Airport, Cleveland. Fox News reported the plane that transported Vincent was then cleaned twice and put back into service for a flight to Denver, Colorado. Although she, Vin, Vincent, did not report any symptoms, and she did not meet the fever threshold of 100.4. She did report at the time that she took her temperature and found it to be 99.5. So they're not taking any chances? No. But Frieden said that the fact that Vincent had a mild temperature and had been exposed to the virus when she treated Ebola patient Thomas Duncan should have prevented her from from ever getting on the plane alongside 132 other passengers. According to medical records, Obtained by the Associated Press, Vincent had been exposed to Duncan's body fluids, um, inserted his catheter. Oh my God! And drew his blood. Oh Imagine that. No wonder she was Ah, uh. Freedman said, people who have been exposed to Ebola should not fly on commercial planes. I don't think that changes the level of risk of people around her. He added, and he did not vomit. She she did not vomit. She was not bleeding. So the level of risk of people around her would what be extremely take? low. Yeah. Work off. She
0: got some on her hand and then put her hand yeah, on the
1: that's tray. A, yeah, that's, whatever. Oh, come on. Or if she blew her nose. and you yeah. know, Frieden said that other 75 health care workers who treated Duncan at, at Texas Presbyterian Hospital will not be permitted to fly. But this is bizarre that 75 people would have been involved with his treatment. That's craziness. Vincent is the second health Uh, worker at Presbyterian Hospital to contact Ebola after caring for Duncan, who died last week. Meanwhile, the Federalist reports uh, President Obama already has an Ebola czar, Dr. Nicole Roury, and she was reportedly involved in a major scandal three years ago, which federal funding was directed to a company with ties to a Democratic donor and and away from a company that was developing treatments for Ebola. Holy crap. What do you think? How would you rate Obama's handling of Ebola crisis? Sound off to today's poll. Uh, but uh, other developments Wednesday, Wednesday was the CDC said Vincent will be taken to Envoy to Emory Hospital in Atlanta for treatment. SMART. Emory is where Ebola patients, Kent Brantley and, and Nancy wright were treated and released uh, in August. Nina Fram, the first person to contact Ebola and a nurse at Presbyterian Hospital was isolated and remains in good condition at the hospital. I would, if I were her, I'd get the hell out of there. Yeah, I'd go to
0: a better hospital. I would get the hell out of
1: there. Then these what? Well, what? Well, no. Then these fans', fans dogs has then moved to decom- decommissioned Naval Air Base and Dallas officials say the With dog dogs. would be monitored for 21 days. U.S. airline stocks uh, tumbled 4.6% uh, in afternoon trading Wednesday is Wall street feared Ebola concerns could reduce airborne. Why were
0: Why weren't people put in those holding facilities that they already have for 21 I days? I don't know. That's the big question. The FEMA camps.
1: Well, yeah. Well, the only, well, the FEMA camps. They
0: shouldn't be funeral camps. They should be holding in plastic sealed places. I think they should be 21 days isolation in Liberia before they're allowed to get on a plane.
1: Yeah, build, build something over there. Yep. <laughs> says says, uh, Los Angeles Times asked the question, can you get a refund on your plane ticket if you're worried about Ebola? Liberia thinks it needs 84,000 more body bags for Ebola breakouts. Uh how Democrats call on Obama to use uh, U.S. troops in Liberia to protect direct care to contagious? To What's use the U.S. troops in Liberia to provide direct care?
0: Fucking Democrats! Yeah. Why would the people well, who they're, they're not prepared. trained nah, for that?
1: These, these people are sick bastards. I mean, why don't they go over there and and and, and give direct care? You know, jeez, yeah. Obama ordered the CDC to create medical SWAT teams to respond to bonus case within 24 hours. A Dallas reporter said CDC told her there is no there is a no filers to cover people potentially exposed to Ebola. That didn't work. Yeah. And two he, Republican lawmakers are demanding that CDC Director Freeman just resign. I mean, absolutely. I agree with him. I totally agree with him. Yeah, that. he was useless. The guy was a schmoe. Everybody, a, everybody... He he
0: didn't get out in front of it. It's too late now. now, I
1: mean, this guy, this uh, Ebola czar, you know, uh, was involved with uh, diverting funds uh, from uh, Ebola Ebola treatment, Mm -hmm. you know, to a Democratic uh, fundraising.
0: Well, anyway, we've come to the end of our show. This makes me sick, man. And uh, poor response by Obama and by his administration, I have to say. Yeah, you can check this one
1: out on WND.com.
0: And uh, the other one, like I said, please go to naturalnews.com. So take the right yeah. precautions. Maybe you stay away from crowds for a while.
1: And crowded And a lot and of
0: airplanes and, yeah. and
1: subways and everywhere else. Subways or, especially. Or bring a whole, whole lot of uh, hand sanitizer with you. Good. Yes. And, and And aerosol sprays. Yeah. almighty. So thanks for listening, folks. hope we didn't scare you, but I hope we cautioned you. And... Uh, that you will. Yeah, good it. night, folks. We'll
0: talk to you next week Yeah,
1: night. and uh, I'll be on tomorrow night, and uh, I'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody, and uh, God bless you.